What is going on, all you guys and gals? TJ Alvin here, just to let you guys know, before the show, this week's episode is raw. <laughs> Get it? Get it raw? Anyway, so this week's episode will be unedited due to the editor having prior commitments. He could not edit the show this week, so... What you get is what you get this week, just to kind of give you that cheap update. But for now, enjoy. What is going on, all you guys and gals, and all you Marks and Maggies, all you cheapos out there? You are listening to Cheap Talk Wrestling. I am your host. My name is TJ Alvin, alongside with Dylan Sriva. Unfortunately, today we do not have the fabulous Brandon Carr with us. Uh, it was his birthday, so he decided to celebrate the entire weekend. Bro, I, I feel like now we might need to just take the entire weekend off and just celebrate our birthdays now. You know, might as well. Yeah, you know, we might as well. I mean, you know, maybe c- celebrating his birthday is getting prepared to face whichever one of us wins uh, for double or nothing. Maybe he's a little bit scared. I don't know. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's getting prepared. He's getting like, well, so, so here's the thing. So for that card in particular, so we're doing it for double or nothing. There's nothing really going on just yet. They're still focusing on blood and guts, which I think that's going to be a great card just to kind of put it out there. You got, you have Cody Rhodes, versus QT Marshall, as well as the Pinnacle versus the Inner Circle, which I think is going to be really great because we're actually – so they did confirm that they are going to do two rings for that blood and guts. So I'm glad that they're actually sticking to the gimmick of like a war game-esque match versus getting the one cage and just sticking everybody in there and just saying, yeah, we're going to call it blood and guts. Yeah. Because that was the original – I think that was the original take before they just said, you know what, yeah, let's get the two rings. I think for something like that, when you have like these two huge factions, like obviously they can't call it war games. WWE owns the rights to war games, but like you need something big like that. And also uh, I'm sure you saw it this week along with everybody else who watch it. Jericho's promo this week was on fire. I mean, the guy is in, is he in his fifties yet? Or he's almost in his fifties. He's in his fifties. Or he's in his fifty, And it still can is probably the best talker in the business. Bro, I have a lot of trust in Jericho when it comes to giving him a mic, a live mic, and going out there, you know? And actually, you know what? To kind of jump into a topic that I wanted to bring up was about Kenny Omega winning the Impact title. Now, Jericho has talked about this. Before I get into Kenny, he has talked about the partnership between Impact and AEW and where that's going. The thing about that um, that topic, like that conversation, is that it's not needed for impact. Like, I mean, not 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 uh, not for impact for AEW. Sorry, it's been a long day for me. Uh, just came from Showcase Pro Wrestling. We're, we're back to doing live events, so it's been a long day there. Uh, just a reminder: next week, next Saturday, I will be at the Tottenham DFW. Just to kind of let you guys know that we are back live, and I'm excited to be back and having fans out there. It's really great, but back to the topic at hand. But for AEW, it's not needed. For Impact, it's needed, but it's not beneficial. With what he's saying is that he wouldn't go to like TNA if he wanted to, uh, Jericho. He wouldn't go there. 
because it's not worth his time. That's basically what he's saying. It's not worth his time at all. I can sort of understand that for him at this point uh, in his career. I mean, I think Jericho has always been one of those people who presents himself very, very well in the ring, um, as well as his character overall. And I think him showing up to Impact, and, and no offense to Impact Pro Wrestling, I love Impact Pro Wrestling. That is a huge downgrade for Chris Jericho. Mm-hmm. Um, having him, having uh, Impact Wrestling on his cruise was a downgrade. I get you want to have brand versus brand, like ROH versus Impact. That was great. But, I mean, there was really no hype for that whatsoever for the for the Chris Jericho cruise. No, I, I feel like at this point, if you know things about um, Impact, like, you're kind of like an independent guy. Like, it's, it's not mainstream like it used to be no. anymore. No, because that's the thing, too, is that their viewership is, like I brought up, it's in the hundred thousands. Yeah. You know, they can't break. They haven't broken that in a while. And they think that with Kenny Omega is going to be a draw. It's not going to be a draw. It's nothing. It's nothing against impact. The different the part of this partnership, the more beneficial, like the person that's getting the most out of it is AEW because they're getting more airtime. Impact is not even doing anything about this. Impact doesn't care. Yeah. You know, like they're they're doing great with their booking. So they're wrong. They're building Kenny Omega, but does Kenny Omega really care about Impact? No, he has what he has. What he wants, he has the title. They're gonna put him over, and that's all that's needed, dude. But like, if you put a company like New Japan, okay, then that's a real working uh, relationship. You have a company like AAA, yeah, that's even a better working relationship because that's you're still in the same market, you're still in the same area. Versus Japan, forget it. That's yeah. that. Yeah, you better pack a couple lunches, a couple sandwiches, you know, a couple that's a beers. Long, that's a long job over there. I I do have a admit, skis, though, you know? like the the memes that have been coming out with the the Kenny winning the two titles and everything like <laughs> yeah. that, and basically like being like, who's next? Like, is it Magnus? Is it you know somebody in AAA? Is it like all these like is it the ROH World Title? Like, is he going to be just grabbing all the gold? For the Ring of Honor, I don't think there's a real relationship there just yet. One, I, I, I like I put out the we put out the graphic this week, uh, for like okay, what titles next? And I love that, and I like how this forbidden door that they keep talking about is now officially open, and I'm happy about that, dude, because you're gonna see more, you're gonna see more matches that you never thought you would see, but not just yet. Like that's the that, that I'll, I'll say it's the caveat. If I'm using that term correctly, yeah. Um, yeah. So they're they're waiting it out. They're waiting for okay, actual fans to be in attendance. I think yes, okay. You have thirty percent fans like in attendance, but what is that really doing for your like your sales, your sales numbers? You want to have like that sucker, like that card filled to the max. If you're gonna have like a guy like Will Osprey, who's the New Japan Pro Wrestling Champion, go up against Kenny Omega title for title if you did something like that you need a full-on crowd for that because that is a classic yeah that's a sold out osaka tokyo dome that's 70 90,000 people you know because don't get me wrong they would easily sell the 90,000 seats in the tokyo dome 
Like I totally agree with that. Without question. It, it's going to be, that would be a great match. Same thing with Nick Aldis. I think Nick Aldis needs that challenge in his title. And dude, look, he hasn't lost the title since all in back in 2018. That's the last time that title was like, like was officially dropped and won, you know, and, and Nick Aldis has been the champion for that long. It actually like, it holds a better value as the champion for holding it this long. It's a great value to him, but for the company wise, it just shows that they have nothing planned for anybody else. Like take for their national championship or their TV title. They keep moving that thing back and forth. And then you take a title like the NWA heavyweight title that has been held by, uh, who? Oh my God, Dusty Rhodes. Why couldn't I think of anybody for a second? Oh my God, Ric Flair. Now Cody Rhodes, just to name a few people. And it's just to keep it on Nick Aldis until someone like that is deserving. I think Kenny Omega is the guy to take that title, and I think that's going to be even a better classic too. Yeah, I I think like like you've said a couple of times that Forbidden Door being opened and opening up all these opportunities is like i think it's actually like i know a lot of people like hated on it for a while but i think in general it's just good for the business itself um because you're gonna see these shows draw massive numbers that we haven't seen since the attitude era but then you go back so the numbers wise it's beneficial for the guy who's holding all the gold and what company he's part of it's AEW. That is the main benefactor of this. Not Impact, not New Japan. Maybe maybe a little bit for New Japan. AAA, okay. Uh, but for AEW, it's they're getting everything out of this. They're getting the viewership up. They're going to be hitting a million views weekly. I promise you that. If Kenny Omega, as the belt collector that he is, challenges for like the New Japan title or the NWA title, you're going to see a phenomenal story and you're going to see that viewership skyrocket to the freaking moon, bro. To the freaking moon. And he's going to have everything. You know, he's going to be the Thanos of wrestling. And we've I've seen a couple photos of that. The only title that he's missing out of that gauntlet is the IWGP and the NWA. If if you want to count WWE, then you can count WWE as well, but that shit ain't ever gonna happen. No. I that would that would probably be, and we would never get the true number on it. That would probably be the biggest contract signing WWE has ever gotten if they could sign them. Yeah. Well, like you know, I've been talking to a lot of people and I talked to a lot of guys today in the back for at showcase about like how they feel about this, right? It's not how, it's when for Kenny. For Kenny, it's a definite that he has to go to the WWE. Has to. See, I'm actually going to disagree because I think what what you've said with AEW working with these companies and tapping into all these markets is so huge because I think what everybody was talking about when AEW first launched and, you know, being that rival for the WWE that we haven't seen for WCW or since WCW. If AEW can open up these doors with Mexico, with Japan, uh, you know, if they can get a European tour going, like 
it's huge for them. And I think you will see them rival WWE within five years. I think so. Yeah, all right. I, I, I can agree to that. But the, but here's the thing, though, too, is that with a guy like Kenny, like you look at a guy like Ric Flair, right? I give you an example. You look at a guy like Ric Flair, start, was a WCW guy through it all, went to the WWE to get a taste, right? And then came back, you know? Not to say he's going to like be like Ric Flair. No one can ever mirror Ric Flair. 16-time world champion, styling, profiling, kissing, will and dealing, son of a gun. No one can ever touch that. But you have to remember, too, is that your legacy is not only in the independence, it's how you are as the entertainer. For Kenny as a champion to really say he is the top guy, I think that's one title that he needs. And it sounds like a Mark answer. It sounds like a really Mark answer, but I think it's a, it's a fact. What Like, through it all, it's a fact that Kenny Omega, he doesn't need it right now, right? But it's when he does. That legacy of Omega will live on in history. So, so like, similar to Styles, right? Like, you have similar this guy- to Styles who I would argue Omega is probably surpassed styles as. Oh a, yeah. Oh, a, come a, on. Omega star. Like easily. Hell yeah. Easily. Hells. Yeah. Like a, I love AJ styles. AJ Styles is great. He's held everything except for one title. And Dylan, if you like, except for, if you think about every brand that he has appeared on, I need if like, I'm going to ask you this. What title has he not held impact? Uh, let's see, New Japan, uh, ROH, and AAA. What one hasn't he held? I think he's held something in AAA, but we won't go in there. But just those, the Impact, ROH, and uh, New Japan. Which one? I don't think he ever held the IWGP heavyweight title, did he? No, he did. No, he did. That's how he got the Bullet Club. That's how he like started That's off. Right. That's right. That's how, yeah. Yeah. Come on, I know you got this. Come on. I don't remember him holding the ROH world title. Never, never. Yeah. I was That's gonna say one. I don't remember. Like even when he was there, like you know those early 2010s, I feel like the world champ was either like Kevin Steen, Tyler Black, Punk, Noah Joe, yeah, Austin Aries, uh, Adam Cole, Kyle O'Reilly. Yeah, the, the one title that he has not held, uh, even Jay Lethal, um, he has not held the Ring of Honor championship yeah. it was a whole package before he uh, went to the wwe he like did a whole promo on how there's a um there's a thorn in his side and that title that he has never won you know it's for him i think like and again if he ever leaves the wwe i could see him going for that and pursuing that and finally saying okay i finally won that but you don't need it but for kenny omega to be a guy who's like pulling all these hours and then being a ring general like he is is phenomenal and to do it at such a prime age he still has a long ways to go in the wrestling world he's i think 36 that's pri- that's a prime age right there and he still has time that's what i'm saying is that you look at the wwe's roster every guy over there is close to 40 a lot of the big guys are about four, close to 40 years old and that's the, that's the thing too is you don't you don't see a young guy doing this stuff like what Kenny Omega is doing. He's stirring he's stirring a lot. He's doing a lot of shit, 
He's stirring a lot. He's turning a lot of heads. He's doing everything that he can just to keep his name out in the wrestling world. Yep. And I think that's the thing, too, is, like, we've seen him since he was younger, in his 20s, be this, like, superstar, like, five-star ring general, technician, talker. Like, he has just captivated the wrestling world. Yeah. In such a way. And, I, you know, the more I think about it, I can see what winning, even if it was just one reign, as the WWE champion, I think would solidify his legacy even more. See, there you go. See? That's what I'm saying. It's just, it's, it's, it's not needed now. Like I said, it's not needed now. It's just when he does. It'll mean something. Because you've done everything else. It's it's kind of like that um that paperweight on your desk. You could have that one, but does it really mean something? No, it's the next one. Or like that ring, like what Tom Brady says. No, it's his favorite ring, the next one. That's Omega with these titles. No, it's no, it's a good one, the next title that he wins. It is. It's just it's so funny to think about. Like with these guys in the wrestling world, it's like, okay, that title's great right now, but think about when I win this one. Oh, it's gonna be even better. I'll even be better. Oh my god. But it's not the title who makes the person, it's the person that makes the title. Yeah. No, you I know? Agree and that's that. that that's the thing too, is that like everybody thinks, oh, you have the title, it's like, oh, it's gonna make them a big star. No, not at all. It's about how that t- like how you with that title that's just a prop are going to like carry that and make it the biggest thing ever. And that's what Kenny Omega is doing with that impact title. Again, like I said, like for impact, it's very, it's a good move by them doing this, but to some, it might not be, but you know, you move on with the booking, you know, like right now they're pushing for slam anniversary and they've already announced that someone from the WWE release is going to the uh, going to the brand, the Impact brand. They do it every year now. It's not even funny. Well, you, you know, who do you think it is that pops up at Slammiversary this year? Uh, ooh. that's the hard Could one. Joe? Like, you know, Could it be? I don't, Joe? I don't think Joe. No. No. Uh, no, I could see Joe going back to, like I said, I, I think I could see Joe going back to Ring of Honor or making a big splash in uh, AEW. But Impact, though, if Impact had fans again, I think I could see them going there. If they had, like, that New York um, that New York feel. Like, remember when they were back in New York and they had, the, like, the center entrance ramp and all oh, that stuff? Yeah, yeah, yeah. If they were there and they had fans, I think it would make a difference. But because there's no fans and no real reaction to really build off of with Samoa Joe coming back, I don't think – it doesn't make a difference. Like Because, like, I'm going through, like, the – the wave of releases we just had, and he's probably the biggest name. Well, I know Andrade just announced that he wants Kenny Omega at Triple Mania. That's for Triple A, right? Yeah. Yeah, for Triple A. It could could be Andrade, yeah. I can see Andrade, because that relationship with, like, again, those three companies, Triple A, AEW, and Impact, have a really good relationship so far. And we're seeing it with Impact's uh, women's champion or knockouts champion going down there, challenging their uh, current Triple uh, A champion to a match at Triple Mania. Same thing with Kenny Omega being the champion, like we've already talked about. But with Andrade coming back into the independent scene and already going for 
Kenny Omega, that's going to be a five star match, I think. Oh, Andrade, I think is, usually, yeah. Andrade is good, man. Andrade is phenomenal. It sucks that the WWE had him and they didn't know what to do with him. Yep. You know, that's why Triple H is. And we, we, say, we say it on here. That's why Triple H needs to take over. But will he ever? Probably not. Well, and even just look at, like, when Andrade first got called up to the main roster, the, like, month-and-a-half program on SmackDown with him and Mysterio where they were putting on, like, phenomenal matches every week back and forth, it was like, this guy's something special. Like, Ray's, like, 45 years old, and obviously Ray's a great in-ring worker as well. Yeah. But, like, you saw it with Andrade. Like, this guy, this guy might be something. Yeah, but here's the thing. It's like, we see it as, okay, this guy might be, uh, might be something in a couple of years. But WWE sees him as, okay, what can you do for us now to draw us money? Are you drawing us money? No. Like, I was watching um, Brian Pillman's uh, Dark Side of the Ring. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they were talking about the uh, class champions that they used to do on TBS. Like that free pay per view, and it was stunning Steve Austin and Brian Pillman and Ric Flair in a triple threat uh, in a um, six man tag match. How the ratings weren't the best, so they had to blame somebody. So they blamed it on the like they blamed it on the Hollywood Blondes. You know, that's where that's where WWE's looking at this to kind of give you an idea of what I like how I'm thinking of this. There has to be a blame somewhere. It's not going to be your top guy. It's going to be your littlest guy that's not producing. And in this case, Andrade wasn't really producing as much. At one point, he was. But once you lose that flair, uh, <laughs> see what I did there? <laughs> once you lose that flair with the company, it's kind of like, okay, what good are you to us? Yeah, I feel like there's a very, like, like you said, like a what have you done for me lately kind of mentality. Except except when you're the big guy and they've given you, you know, that push. Like, you look at, like, for example, when Undertaker left in the early 2000s and came back as Biker Taker. Like, and I I like Biker Taker. I'm not American badass. Undertaker is a good character. I'm not trying to get, you know, the marks after me here. It's a good character. But when he first showed up... What are you talking about? You know, uh, when he first came back, like his ring work was terrible. Like for the first like three months that he was back, and then he, you know, you know, lost some weight for a lack of a, a better term there, and you know he was moving better again. And it was like, okay, Taker's still here, you know. But if you see a lower card guy, I mean, they had Maven go over him. They had Maven like go over on Taker. Yeah. And you forget like, every, I think everybody forgets about that with Maven. The tough enough one winner. Yeah. That didn't do Jack. Damn. Like was had the rocket had the rocket strapped to him and ready to go, pushing him all the way up. And did Jack. Yep. And then just came crashing down. Here's another one for you. Daniel Pewter. You remember him? No. Oh, wait, wait. Was he the one with the Miz? Uh, yeah, he was on the Miz's season of Tough Enough. Yeah. Yeah, I remember. Dan- yeah, that lasted. And then and that lasted a like, Rumble. That's it. Yeah, he got destroyed in the Rumble by uh, 
Benoit, Eddie, and Hardcore Holly, I think. Like, just chopped to death. Yeah. It was yeah. like... It was something like that, dude. It's just... if any. Well, here's the thing. Is that with Miz, for that case, it worked out better for him than it did him, uh, the other guy. Yeah. Miz has been a great wrestler, a great heel, a great face, a great company guy to really like use in the WWE. He works great as anything, you know. Yeah. Like everybody thinks that he's a great heel. I think he's a great babyface, but I also think he's a phenomenal heel. But no matter what where you put him on the card, he will produce for you. A lot of people didn't think he was going to last in the WWE. Look where he's at now and it's 2021. The the guy definitely was disliked when he entered the company. Yeah. Because he wasn't a, a pro wrestling guy. Um, but I, you know, I I like the Miz as well. I think he's I think he works better as a heel, but I you know, the baby face stints we have seen from him. Yeah. Um I like as well, like the guy's good on the mic. Um you know, he's he's definitely turned into a talent. Um I don't know if you saw uh, speaking of not super recent WWE releases, uh Big Cast just showed up in uh Yeah. In I'm America. all set with that guy next, please. I, I'm all set. You want, you want the truth about him? The guy is a like a money pit. Like the guy is not worth the money. The guy is not worth the money at all. You know, like the guy's seven feet tall. That carries him a that carries him a lot of places. Yeah, I'm probably gonna get a lot of heat for it. But the thing is, is that he doesn't. In WWE, he needed Enzo. He like he needed Enzo. Enzo didn't need him. When they did the one thing with Daniel Bryan, that one little like, oh, that size does matter. Uh, like a uh, storyline between him and Daniel after WrestleMania 34, I thought it was okay. You have really no one else to work with Daniel right now. So you're really just putting Big Cass here to work with Daniel Bryan, who deserves to be in like phenomenal matches. You have him back. Great. Why put him up against this guy? Out of all people. It was a good story. Don't it, 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 The story worked well. The story worked good because you had a Daniel Bryan selling the shit out of everything that the guy was doing. But in his promo, from what I saw, it was he was basically talking about how he doesn't like basically doesn't care. He's like basically calling out the guys in the back, the boys in the back, how oh they think they you they you think they care about you? No, they don't. I'm just out here telling you that uh what was it? It was uh he's basically telling you that I'm at least I have the balls to say it to your face and on camera. It was something like that. If I'm wrong on that, let me know. But the point is, is that he's a great heel. I'll put it like that right now. He's doing good with that. And I think that was a good start for him. But it was it was a rumored, it was a rumored thing. And good for him to be with Impact. You know, Impact gets all the uh, the WWE rejects, you know. Yeah, and I think like, you know, I, I definitely don't think like he's a star. I think he's a solid big man. Uh, if you're looking for that, like like you said, that giant heel to work yeah. with somebody, but you know he's not going to be a world champion talent. I think like I don't know. If, well, here's the thing: it's Impact Wrestling. 
Impact will put anybody, it will give the title to anybody that's over like 6'5. Over 6'5 and can carry a guy's jock strap for a little bit. That's all they'll do. They'll give him the title. You know, you had Brian Cage hold it for a little bit. Did it really amount to anything? Yeah, for AEW. It amounted to something for him to get signed with AEW. Who else held the title? Oh, Tessa Blanchard. Oh, she's doing phenomenal things for Impact Wrestling now, isn't she, Dylan? She's doing phenomenal things. Yeah, at WWE, taking her. I I like did Tessa she, Blanchard. I, 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 I watched her, like, when she debuted in Impact, and I was like, I love this character. Like, she is a bitch, and she knows it, and she works well. Uh, yeah. You know, I hope to see her with a major promotion soon, because it's like, well, no. WWE just put out that uh, that vignette, um, like for I don't remember the exact image, but it was almost like kind of pointing towards Tessa, and a lot of people are actually excited for it. I'm actually excited to see her come into WWE because now you have like they've they've built up their men's division, NXT women's division has been good. I think with adding her is going to be the next step. Yeah, I think the NXT women's right now the peak of the NXT women's division was definitely the the four horse women. You know, yeah. Becky, Charlotte, Bailey, and Sasha. Yeah. Um. Not that I loved uh, Kyrie Sane. I loved Io Shirai. I loved um, Oscar. Oscar, Oscar Shayna Baszler. Like, you know, yeah. Not to shoot on them. You know, they were great. But, but it nothing. A, it was a little bit of a step down from the four horse women. You know. Yeah. It's. You had four women that would do anything for the business. Even like the same thing with Shayna, same thing with Asuka. You had anything, but just those original four, what they did for that brand brought them right up and moved them up real quick. And it's just, it's like now you have guys that don't want to leave uh, NXT because they know if they leave, they're going right back down the totem pole. And it's a shame too. It's you have guys that can produce, but WWE just doesn't know how to use them just yet. Yeah. But you want to move them up just to say, all right, yeah, you're going to be on the main roster. Great. How did that work out for EC3? How did that work out for Apollo? Apollo, like, Apollo now is doing phenomenal. But Apollo, when he first came up, I thought he was going to be released within a year. But he's proved me wrong now. Like he's doing great as a heel. Doing yeah. phenomenal as a heel, uh, like I thought, it's a great gimmick. It's a great gimmick to really build off of for the WWE. Uh, who else? Um, Damien Priest. Damien Priest is doing big things, turning heads. Uh, Dominic Dijakovic. Well, I, I uh, Slapjack. Slapjack is that him? Slapjack. What? No, him. Slapjack. No, no. Diamond has. Uh, uh, Dominic hasn't made his debut, but I swear. No, this guy Slapjack though looks exactly like him. Like they even like Keith Lee, man. Like Keith Lee was a a, a double champion. That, that yeah. was like one of the first things in Impact history. Like they hyped that up, and then all of a sudden it was like, oh, Keith's that's here. a guy. That's a guy they pushed too fast. I think. Yeah, yeah it was too them. fast. They pushed him too fast, and they pushed him right out the company, uh, out of NXT real quick. Not out of the company, but out of NXT. And I think that was a guy you could really build around and you could build a story around. For like a guy like Karrion Cross, that could have done wonders. That could have done so much for him, I think. 
instead of just doing the one match with like a one and done. But yes, again, because of injury, you can there's not much you can do. But I think if you kept Keith Lee down instead of moving him up, I think we could have seen a story build with Keith Lee, with uh, like a Kyle O'Reilly, Finn Balor. A Keith Lee versus Finn Balor match, I think would have been great. Keith Lee versus Adam Cole, again, uh, that would have been phenomenal. Or Keith Lee, Kyle O'Reilly, I think would have been even cooler. Because Kyle yeah. is doing great, dude. Kyle O'Reilly. Oh, he's, he's phenomenal. Good. Yeah, he's, he's great, dude. I think he's going to be someone to watch out for in NXT. That's a guy you got to watch out for. And especially, you know what I think is like the worst? Not to interrupt you. Uh, uh, so I'll go, forgive go you for ahead. now. No, no, no. I'll forgive you for now. What do you got? Uh, <laughs> you know what I think is like definitely the biggest step we see down is like when they call up tag teams from NXT, like just the, the biggest example is obviously the Ascension. Longest reigning yeah. NXT tag team champs. And then they got buried. And now they're competing in some bingo hall, uh, like with with the same amount of fans that I deal with. But I love them to death. I love my fans. I love the fans out there for showcase. But but not to even make poke fun at bingo, the bingo halls either. No, but they but you had a team that held the titles for more than a year. I think it was more than a year. And then yeah, I think it was like four hundred something days. Yeah, and then you drop them like a sack of bricks right out. And it's just, it's sad, dude. Same thing with um, the Revival. The Revival, same thing with them. But here's the thing with uh, moving tag teams from NXT to the main roster. They give them a push for six months, give them the titles, and then they drop the titles to the next hot thing, and then they drop them right down to, like, the mid-card, the mid-card of the tag team, or don't even show up on TV. That's the problem with tag team wrestling in WWE. AEW is doing great with their tag team wrestling, and a lot of companies are doing great with their tag team wrestling. I don't think WWE understands that definition of tag team wrestling. That's why you don't see guys like the Young Bucks signing with them. That's why you don't see teams like the Revival wanting to be there and working with them no matter what through it all. And then you have teams... Oh, God, what other teams are out there? Uh uh, like the Good Brothers, even though they were released, but you st- you hear the stories, you hear the nightmares that they've heard, they've told us over their podcasts, over their shows, over their promos. It's it's um it's a shame. It's a it's a shame that you had a team like the Good Brothers, Luke Gallows, Carl Anderson, for those marks out there that don't know the Good Brothers, and you had a team like that that was doing great things in New Japan, and then you bring them into the WWE. Uh, and you don't know what to do with them. They, I think in their career in WWE, I think they only had two WrestleMania matches. That's crazy. I think they lost them both. I think they lost them both. They appeared uh, in three. I, they appeared in three, wrestled in two. And that's also including their little uh, little stunt in uh, the, um, the Boneyard match. Yeah. It's... Like, yeah. It's just sad, man. Like, I think, like, probably the best era for tag teams in WWE was, like, 2000 to, like, 2004. Because you had uh, Edge and Christian. Yep. The Hardy Boys. Yep. You had the Dudley Boys. Oh, yeah. Come on. You had, um, um, give me a minute. I, I, it'll you're come good. to me. No, you're good. You had, like, Eddie. 
and um, you had Eddie Chavo, Eddie Ray, Eddie Kurt, like Eddie Kurt. You had Hulk Hogan and Edge. You had Booker T and um, <laughs> Booker T and uh, RVD at one point. RVD, RVD and Kane. RVD Kane. You had Booker T and Goldust. That was like, a weird tag team, but good. No, they were good. No, they were good. I, I feel like they were trying to do that with uh, obviously with our truth years ago. I thought that was funny that they tried the to do the same truth. thing with the, yeah the golden truth. I was like, come on, you really like what? What did you do? Go through a file cabinet and just say, all right, what what uh, what story makes sense for gold dust and our truth? You know what? It worked out for us in 03, uh, 02-03. Let's try it again. Hang on, hang on. Uh, let's see here. Uh, murderous monster having sex with a corpse in a funeral home. No, save that for Kane. Save that for Kane. Um, I was like, wait a minute. Uh, I thought we were going to say a tag team. Then I see murderous and I'm like, monsters. No, save that for Kane. Save that for Kane. Uh, two mid-card guys. We have no clue what to do with them. Odd couple. How's the tag team? Brilliant. You it's have such it. good shit. Such good shit. I don't know, but I'm going to make this tag team. Oh, my God, dude. It's just, like I said, Vince doesn't understand. He thinks he understands tag team wrestling. You would think he does because he booked WrestleMania 1 to be a tag team main event. You would think he does. But we move on from that. We move on from that and move on to the stacking and pinning and repeat for Roman Reigns burying Daniel Bryan in the loser gets uh, oh Daniel Bryan gets barred from SmackDown match. Mm-hmm. Bro, what do you what do you think of that finish uh, for Daniel uh, on SmackDown? Uh, you know, I, like you and I have talked about earlier and stuff like this. I think. Although it's been great to see Daniel back from injury and and being a full time wrestler again, I think we are getting to see the end at the light of the tunnel for his career. Yeah. Um, not that I don't think he can't carry a company still. I still think he can, but I think WWE's really set on Roman right now. So maybe he goes to Raw or NXT and we get to watch the final two year run of Daniel Bryan. Yeah, I mean, we've heard we've heard the night like the stuff that he said. He's like he wants to be out of WWE. Let's be honest, you know, because they're limiting they're limiting him on what he can do because oh because of injury or because of age. But not but not only that, it's in his mind. It's like okay, I have a family. I have to focus on my family. Which again, that's anybody. You know, if if anybody if we were in his shoes, I think that'd be the same case for us. Yeah. You know, but. We also have to remember too is that he's it's as a wrestler and as a talent, you have that that itch. You know, I I'll, I'll be honest, I'll use a great example. Um my buddy Hugo Brito for those in showcase, right? He does his Vavo gimmick, uh Vavo stuff uh outside of uh showcase as comedy stuff, uh, Brito comedy. And what he does is like he's been texting me about wanting to get back into wrestling. I said, good on you. Like it's a, it's a, um, it's an itch. It's like, okay, what if I like you, he sees what's going on and he wants to get back into it. I said, good on you. Do what you want to do, man. 
you're doing great with the, this the Vavo gimmick that you're doing, and you're 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 doing some great stuff. You're doing some phenomenal things. You're getting out there. Your numbers are up. So why jeopardize that? You know, all like if something happens in that ring, and you jeopardize, you're all you're doing is jeopardizing your paycheck at the end of the day. And I don't want to be a sourpuss about it. You know, I love my buddy Hugo. Like I drove up and down the roads with him. Did a couple shows with him, like not for cheap talk, but for an old podcast I I did, but I will not name names on here due to copyright reasons. But he like had an itch. He keeps texting me he has an itch. I said, do what you want to do. He, like it's your call at the end of the day. For Daniel Bryan, again, it's his call on this. But the door is always open for a AEW debut or a NXT comeback, you know? And I, I use those two specifically because those are the two brands I think that would want to use Daniel Bryan to the fullest potential because you have a guy like Paul Levesque, Triple H, that can use Daniel Bryan as a heel. And I think as a heel in NXT, he'd be phenomenal because you have guys like Adam Cole, you have guys like Kyle O'Reilly. You have uh, Cameron Grimes. Just, I don't even know how I thought of that name. I I, that's, I think that's the first you time I've said Finn it. Finn Balor. Yeah, Finn Balor. Thank you. You have Finn Balor. You have a team like MSK down there. You have so many different opportunities and so many different opponents. Oh, L.A. Knight. Yeah. At For WWE anyone Free. who doesn't know, that's Eli Drake. Me. Which night is it? Because WWE doesn't get the right trademark sometimes, so it's okay. <laughs> but, <laughs> but again, like you have a you have a talent like LA Knight, Eli Drake, whatever you want to call him. Uh, he's a great talent to really work with. I think a Daniel Bryan versus LA Knight match would be phenomenal. Same thing with Cameron Grimes. Cameron Grimes reminds me of a Daniel Bryan, a lot the uh, a lot hairier Daniel Bryan. I'll put it. And uh, yeah, a little, little greasier. Uh, I'll put it that way as well. He does Gargano versus Brian would be Gargano, great. Gargano teased it. Gargano put it out there after that match. Him and Daniel Bryan's gimmick under the mask, uh, the American Dragon, I believe, or the Red Dragon. I forget the gimmick. It's American like Dragon was the American yeah. Dragon. Champa versus Brian. I mean, Champa Brian. That'd be great. Um, Timothy Thatcher, Daniel Bryan. Oni Lorkin, Daniel Bryan. Oni, dude, I would love to see Oni versus DB. That'd be so good. That would be a Walter. Would definitely be the like twelve-year-old in me again that was sitting at like the Bank Street Armory in Fall River, and it's like, oh my god, like this is. I won't get copyrighted for this. Biff Bustick versus you know Brian Danielson. Like, oh my god, like that's Bro. a good match. I was even going to say Biff Music, but it reminds, like the Tommaso Champa that I grew up watching at the PAL versus the startup Matt Taven. Like that rivalry was great. There's I saw guy. Eddie Edwards live. What's up? I said there's a guy that's doing well for himself now, too, Matt Taven. Man. Yeah, Matt Taven's doing great things, dude. Great stuff. Same thing with like Mike Bennett, dude. I remember watching Mike. When he first started wrestling, the prodigy, oh, the prodigy, bro, the prodigy. I remember. So I remember when he was a champ of Topper Promotions. A little little shout out to them, I guess. And uh, I remember, like, he comes out with this Minnesota Vikings jersey with Brett Favre. 
on it. It was just like it was so big because like um, I don't know why like it was I just thought it was funny, but he was a great heel. Like even with Brutal Bob Evans, if you don't know who Brutal Bob Evans is, you need to watch this guy. Swansea native, Swansea Massachusetts native. I see this guy all the time, and I want to go say hi to him, but I feel bad. I always see him at Walmart in uh, Swansea, Mass. I always see him at Walmart, and I always want to go up and say, "Hey, how you doing?" But I, I'm, I don't know why I get like, I get like, I get jittered. I think of myself as a kid again. I think of like I was a kid. I'm like, oh my god, hey, Bob! Oh my god, hi! <laughs> Used to come out with the the white towel wrapped around his neck and the like yep. puffy jacket. Yep. There. Uh, so the first time I ever saw Brutal Bob wrestle, and that and not to get off my subject to Danny Bryan, we're gonna get that back to that in a second. But Brutal Bob, there was a company called EPW that did an event in Swansea, Massachusetts. And the event, like, I forget what it was, but he won the title that night. He won the heavyweight title, but it was a big thing because, oh, he's a Swansea boy. He's getting the title shot. Uh, I remember I was, uh, I was this uh, baseball thing called Sybil. And, like, it was a big thing. Everybody had to be there. You wear your jerseys. You get them for free. Oh, like, it was just so fun. Like, the crowd, the pop for it. And this is that Case High School, that big gym that they have. Not too big, but it's a good amount for like a live audience. But yeah, that was my that was my that was my second, I want to say, independent wrestling show that I've been to. But it was just so. But for Brutal Bob, dude, he's just a phenomenal wrestler, dude. Like I've I've met him a couple times at Showcase because he did some stuff for Showcase Pro Wrestling. Uh, but he's just he's a phenomenal worker dude he, he does like the the credit where credit's due dude he's great he does a lot dude he does a lot and i think like getting back on the daniel bryan thing like yeah yeah i please. think that's like the legacy <laughs> people have of brian is like such a talented worker always a class act in and out yeah. of the ring i if if we are getting towards the end of his pro wrestling career I don't think there's any bad spots on it. Yeah, no. Don't. I can't see the WWE, like, I can't see him with the WWE for long. I can see maybe him going to AEW. I could see that. And if he goes to AEW, I would love to see a Kenny Omega, Daniel Bryan classic. I think that'd be a phenomenal match. But again, like I said, your, your, your life is about your life is what's what's important here you know he has a kid yeah i think he has two kids now i think correct me if i'm wrong but I believe so yeah yeah but at the end of the day whatever happens to Danny brian you have the memories of doing the yes chance or like uh, just like all of his promos or his great matches that he's had with a lot of great guys and a lot of different stories that he's done from being a babyface to a heel, whether you remember him as Brian Danielson, the American Dragon, or Daniel Bryan. You have those memories, and you can move. You can just know that you saw someone at their peak, at their top level every single time that you saw him wrestle. He was wrestling at the best. That's all he wanted to do was give people what they wanted, and that was the best wrestling. And that's just how you do it, man. That's how you got to be. That's how you have to be. You have to be at your top. You have to be at your best. Kind of like when I beat you in the golf match and I officially have a date for you. May 26th, we will have 
the match between myself and you. Three holes, Dylan. Three holes. Best two out of three. And we will have multiple. I'm going to try to make sure we have multiple cameras, multiple video videographers. Might need a squire while I'm out there to hold my title. And I might need a caddy. Gonna maybe, get I'll call, caddy? maybe I need a caddy. Maybe I'll call Peter from Bo Sox Bombas to do that. Actually, before we go, I want your opinion on this boxing match between uh, between Justin and Peter. I don't know why I couldn't remember the names for a second. Dude, I'm so tired. Between Justin Pombo and Peter Alves from the Bo Sox Bombas. I know we have our differences with them, you know, but that but if they want to beat the hell out of each other for a couple rounds, I'm fine with watching it and maybe uh, making some money off of it. But who do you have and why? I'm taking Peter, man. Uh, you know, I, I watched the promo video that they put out earlier today. Um, I loved it. I think they're doing some great stuff hyping this up. Uh, I don't know. I just feel like Peter is just – he's a wild card. He really is. Peter – the entire time I have known Peter, the man is a wild card. You never know what's coming out of his mouth, what he's going to do. And I think that's going to translate well to the boxing ring. I don't know, man. I just saw those videos and I saw those punches and I said to myself, Jesus Christ, he's going to like hit himself before he hits Justin. I mean, neither of them can throw a punch. It's no, neither of them can throw a punch. It's terrible. I was like, wow. Uh, but I love them both. They're both great men. I, I, I'm going to take Justin on this case. All right. I, I don't know why. I have I have a feeling that Justin's gonna come out on this. But you know what? I'll give a bold prediction. If when this fight happens, first round knockout Justin Pombo. First round bet. I'm okay. making that. And I'll bet that all day. I'll go to. I don't care who I gotta bet with, whether it's with you or uh, some guy on the street that doesn't even know who the hell we are, or what he's what we're talking about. I'll bet a couple bucks on it. <laughs> but for now, we will bid you, our loving fans, adieu. So make sure you follow us on all forms of social media at Cheap Wrestling. And I love saying it because it's so freaking good to say. Because it's so cheap. At Cheap Wrestling. At Cheap Wrestling. At Cheap Wrestling. At Cheap Wrestling. And if Carl was here, he would get up close to the mic and say, Wrestling. But, yeah, so, like I said, for, for Dylan Survivor, for Brandon Carl, wherever you are on your birthday, you son of a bitch, have fun, live it up, happy birthday, brother. And for you fans, like I said, go follow us, leave a comment, and subscribe at Cheap Talk Wrestling on all forms of podcasts, whether it's Google, Apple, everything like that. You know, I don't, I don't have to list those. I shouldn't have to list, list those. And make sure you follow, check us out at the Daily Goat website, dailygoats.com. And make sure you tune in next week because we have some bigger news next week. Now, until then, keep it cheap.